Well, hi, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Um, Before I get started with my message, there's something I just want to tell you guys what a great church you are. Um, The last couple months, as you well know, gosh, our family has just really been through it. Um, With the loss of Brenda and a couple other things that we've been talking about. And I just want to thank all of you for all of your prayers and your support and your love. Truly, honestly, this is the best church in the world. And I just want to thank you all for all of your support. And I love you and our family loves you. And thank you so much. So I just wanted to get that out there because we so appreciate you guys. So again, it's Mother's Day, as you've heard weave throughout the whole service already. Um, I love May for many reasons. It's my birthday. It's Mother's Day. It's my grandson Ezra's birthday. It's my daughter-in-law Holly's birthday. The summer is right around the corner. And 2011, sitting here in this room, a young man named J.J. Matat was sitting with his mom. And I spoke that Mother's Day. And he was sitting right next to her. And my daughter Kate introduced me. And he told over, he leaned over to his mom and said, I'm going to marry that girl. Wow. So come January of that next year, 2012, he met her for the first time. By that November, they were married and have lived happily ever after with two little boys. So May is a pretty special month. So I just love May. And honestly, it's an honor for me to be up here teaching. Um, I get the privilege to teach the first message on the blessing. So what I've decided to do is to write each and every one of you a blessing. It's specifically for moms, but it's really for everybody. And what we've done is I've made it where you can just take this and you could put it in a frame so you remember it and you can read it. Um, it just says how to do it and what size of frame. Um, but I just want you to remember some of the things that I personally felt like God put on my heart to bless you with. So, anyways, it's a privilege and an honor to be teaching the first message in this series, The Blessing. It's right up my alley. I think it's pretty special that the first thing God did for us was bless us. In Genesis 1.28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over all the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That's the very first thing God did to Adam and Eve, and he blessed human mankind. And so that's what I want to do as we begin our day. I want to give you guys a blessing. It's called a blessing to last a lifetime. I bless you with the patience of Job. And you ask, why did Job need patience? (laughs) Maybe you don't ask. Job was tested and tested and tested and tested, and he was tested even more when he, think he, when he thought he couldn't be tested anymore. And he, he, he questioned, but he never sinned. God took away his family, everything he owned, and he came out of it as a patient man. And that's my blessing to you. I bless you with the courage of a lion. Courage is usually quiet. Courage isn't the outspoken thing in a person. It's in your heart. Sometimes courage shows up in the morning when we can't even feel like we can get out of bed, but God gives us courage. Only God knows what each and every one of you in this room are facing, 
And so I pray that God will give you courage to face every day and everything in your life. So I bless you with the courage of a lion. I bless you with a sense of humor and laughter to to last a lifetime. The reason I added a lifetime is because we always need to be laughing. We always need to be having a sense of humor. Um, I got a couple funny stories that, you know, are probably more funny to me. But I hope you guys will enjoy them and laugh a little bit. Um, Some of our, I've got a goofy sense of humor. I'm just kind of like that kid that kind of never grew grew up. (laughs) And so when my kids were little, all of you know those little whipped cream cans, you know. You got to put them on hot chocolate. (laughs) So I had this bright idea when they were little. I'm like, I'm going to take that can out of the refrigerator, and I'm going to shake it up, and I'm going to go, come here, kids. You know, because it was a treat to get whipped cream in your mouth where it's coming out. Come here, come here. So one, two, three, we did it all to them. They're laughing. We're all laughing. It was so funny. So if it stopped there, that would be great. Didn't stop there. I'm like, where's the dog? Where's Munchie? It wasn't our dog, Ziggy. It was our dog, Munchie. Where's Munchie? Let's, hey, go go get the dog. So we opened his mouth, and of course it's food. The dog's going to love it. And he's just like, and we laughed and laughed and laughed. That was one of our funny, my, one of my best moments, to be honest with you. Um, another thing I remember doing, our son David, he was kind of, he is kind of an intense guy. He's the one that played football in college, and he's got his degree in finance, and he's just really intense. And you knew it. You can see things, even as a young child, that these things are going to rise up in them. So I had this great bright idea to go into his room and hide. Now, granted, I'm going to tell you something. Our boys were 15 years old and they were still sleeping in their bunk beds. Okay. Now I'm going to, they were separated. They had different rooms, but you know, they were this high off the ground. And finally, when they were 15, they're like, um, do you think that you can kind of get us some new beds. I'm like, well, I guess your feet are hanging off the bed. Yeah, let's get you a new bed. So anyways, I'm in this bunk bed. I'm under his covers, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I mean, I'm literally probably waiting 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> and he comes in from the bathroom, and he's just singing away. La, la, la. And I rip off the, the comforter, and I go, boo! And he's like, ah! <laughs> I laughed. He did not. <laughs> In fact, I laughed so hard, I told everybody, because he screamed so loud, they're like, what's going on? Now, this is a really good one. Our oldest daughter, Amy, no wonder she had six kids, because she could handle all of her siblings. So we decided to play a fun joke on her. We gathered all the kids together. Come on, let's, we're going to have a family meeting. They're like, oh, no, what's the matter? What's mom and dad going to tell us? And gathered them all, and John and I were so serious, and we're like, kids, we, we've got news for you. Um, Mom's pregnant again. And Amy's like, you've got to be kidding me. Don't I take enough care of your children? I can't handle another child. I'm like, we're, it was funny. We're like, no, we're just kidding. We're so kidding. At that time, she said she only wanted two kids and they had to be boys. What'd she get? Five girls and one little boy. God has a great sense of humor. Anyways, have fun. It's so important. So I bless you with a sense of humor and laughter to last a lifetime. Have fun with your children. Have fun with your spouse. Have fun with your family. It's so important that when life is so heavy and and when it's not, that we laugh and we have a sense of humor. Laugh at yourself sometimes too. It, It 
it kind of relieves a lot of pressure if you do that. So I bless you with double wisdom. You'll need it, especially with teenagers. I remember when all of our kids were teenagers, John, the Lord just inspired John every time they walked out the door for school, a sport event, whatever. John always told them, use wisdom. They, he, they never left the house without, without John telling them, use wisdom. And what that was saying is, if you don't use wisdom, <laughs> you have us to answer to. And you don't want to answer to us if you don't use wisdom. So I bless you with double wisdom because you'll need it. I bless you with strength and stamina because you'll need it. Stamina means endurance, staying power, tirelessness, fortitude, strength, energy, toughness, determination, tenacity, perseverance, and grit. In 1993, our lives became a huge whirlwind. January of 1993, our twins were born. And granted, they were the fourth and fifth of our children that were unplanned. Yes, our plan was to have three kids. In fact, when, when, when we had Amy, John was like, let's just have one kid. We can give her all of our love. And I'm like, no, no, we need to at least have two. And here we are with five. But that day, January 15th, 1993, changed my life changed our life and changed our family life. And I remember after they were born, it was such a tumultuous time. I wasn't supposed to have them that day. And I had one natural, I had one emergency C-section and had to have a blood transfusion. And it was just a whirlwind of a week. And I remember going home the next week and that was before the days that fathers got paternity leaves. Yeah, what is that about? Have you guys heard this thing? How... One, one job gave this young man who just had a baby four months. What? That's incredible. Man, what? <laughs> I might not be talking about strength and stamina if John was able to stay home with me for four months. Anyways, <laughs> um, I was sitting on my little rocking chair in my little tiny three-bedroom house, and I had one twin in the car seat, and I was rocking him like this. And the other twin I was holding, and then my two-year-old Kate was just, I don't even know what she was doing. I think she was climbing all over me, playing with my hair. And I just start bawling and crying. And I thought, dear God, how can I do this? I've already got two kids off to school. How am I going to be able to do this? And God told me, listen, Chris, you know, usually, I mean, the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow because there's enough for today. The Lord told me, you just worry about these six hours, 6 to 12, 12 to 6, 6 to 12, and so on. And every six hours, I'm going to get you through it, making 24 bottles a day. At that time, our son Brent was diagnosed with a, a syndrome, and just our whole life was overwhelming. But you know what it did? It prepared me for strength and stamina for today. And little did I know, way back then, I just thought I was a busy mama, doing a lot of things. John was a youth pastor at that time, and so we were highly involved in our church. But God gave me the strength and stamina. And God says every day that he'll be with me, and God will be with you every day. So I bless you with strength and stamina because you'll need it. I bless you with kind, gentle words when needed. 
Job 6.14 says, anyone who withholds kindness from a friend, excuse me, from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, or maybe you're happy that I'm telling you, but I was that mom that you could kind of hear down the street. John would come home and our windows would be open. It's the summer and I'm vocal and yelling. And he'd come in and softly shut all the windows one by one. And he goes, do you realize how loud you are? I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) This is tough. These kids, these boys. (laughs) Kind of funny. Anyways, I learned the hard way. It took me a few years to realize my harsh words wasn't the way to go. My gentle words and my kind words were the way to go. But I will tell you that God in all of our failures and all of our disappointments, he still creates good kids. And even though I yelled and sometimes called them names, I still have really good kids. And I'm not going to tell you the names I called them because then you'll go home and want to call your kids that. Like, how stupid can you be and breathe, right? Sorry, sorry. Uh, (laughs) If you, I'm going to, yeah, I won't. I'm not. So I bless you with kind, gentle words when needed. I bless you with the boldness to speak the truth when needed. So about, our twins were about 18 months old, and our son Brent was about seven. And that whole time, Brent had struggled to catch up to other kids his age, and he was having problems in school because they were treating him like he was just like all the other kids, and he wasn't. So I remember we lived in Fort Collins, and I was in a meeting around a table with a bunch of professionals, a CSU professor with his two assistants and principal of the school and, you know, all the teachers and all that, and then there was me. And I remember in this meeting, you know, not, it's called an IEP, and those of you who have children who struggle, have, they have IEPs, and we were sitting in there trying to figure out what Brent's plan would be. And granted, I had just found out what's gone on with Brent's life and where his life was directed, and, and I knew our life with him would be very different, and it has been. So I'm sitting in this room with all these professionals, and I'm just a mom who loves her kids a lot, And so they started talking about the plan for Brent. This is what we're going to do, and this is what you're going to do, and we're going to switch this, and this is the way it is. And, you know, I'm hearing all these things come into my ear, and I'm just thinking of my poor son that this isn't going to work, and I'm not going to do this. So something rose up in me, and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. And the CSU professor says, oh, I am the professional. I'm like, if you need to tell me that you're the professional, then I'm the professional. Because you're not the professional. I'm the professional. I know what to do with your son. You do not. I know what I'm talking about. And I said, you know, you may be the professional, but you don't live with my son, and I'm his mom, and we're not doing that. And, they were, and the whole room went like, uh, and I'm like, uh, I hope somebody has another idea. because. <laughs> so sure enough, I said, so let's go to plan B. And within seconds, minutes, and by the next day, we had a plan that altered and changed his life and gave him a productive school experience while he was in elementary school there. So I knew what the Lord was telling me. 
And so I was bold, and I wasn't rude, but I was firm. Let me tell you, these are my kids, and you're not going to tell me when I know the Lord's told me something to do with them. So I bless you with boldness to speak the truth when needed. I honor you with grace and beauty, no matter how you feel when you look in the mirror at any age. And what's funny is, I wish I had this, the, the strength and the energy and the stuff I had when I was in my 20s. But I'm so much more smarter now than I ever was in my 20s, right? I yelled. Who yells and calls their kids' names? Me in my 20s? Doesn't make sense. But what's funny is you're so busy sometimes raising kids and doing life that you kind of forget about yourself. So I remember there were lots of times where I woke up in the morning with my good old sweats on and my nice holy T-shirt, and I don't mean holy like Jesus holy, and my T-shirt, and then that all day I wore it and picked up the kids in school with that, and then that night for dinner I still had it on, and then I would go to bed and wake up the next day with the same outfit on. Now it's yoga pants. No sweats. Now it's yoga pants, right? I don't wear yoga pants, but, you know, young mothers do. All mothers, everybody, right? So it's kind of funny, though, because um, kids notice. <laughs> Mom, really? <laughs> Didn't you wear that yesterday and last week? And I'm like, yeah, it's my holy shirt, okay? Gets me through the day. <laughs> I got to tell you a funny story. Our oldest granddaughter, Isabel. Well, you know our daughter, Amy. She's just beautiful. She's just stunning. And Amy was picking up her kids from school, and Isabel, this was last year, so she was about 10, maybe almost 11. And Isabel was walking with a friend, and this is a typical 10, 11-year-old, right? They know everything. They don't want to be told. They roll the eyes. And she's walking along with her friend, and they're so cool, and her mom just beautifully dressed and looks amazing. And her friend goes, hey, who's that lady? And she goes, ah, that's nobody. It's my, it's my old lady up there. And Amy turned around and she goes, are you talking to about me? And she's like, you, you, Isabel, you're, it's over for you. Your day is over. <laughs> Isabel's, what, what did I do? Well, you don't call your mom the old lady when you're 30 something years old. So I honor you with grace and beauty no matter how you feel when you look at the in the mirror at any age. I charge you to love Jesus with every single bone in your body and to receive his love and affection for you every single day you are on this earth. My mom did this well. My mom is a amazing mom. She I can't even begin to tell you the things she taught me because I can't even articulate them. But one thing amongst many, she taught me how to be a wife, a mom, but most importantly, she taught me how to love Jesus first, no matter what, and to put him first. I remember when I was 15 years old, and again, I was that girl and didn't have any dates or any boyfriends, and I now know that God just put me aside because he wanted me to marry John, and he didn't want me to get sidetracked and emotionally connected with any other person. And so I remember I was 15 years old, and I'm bawling. All my friends are going on dates, and, you know, I'm that church girl. And 
bawling. And my mom's like, come here, come here. Loving Chris, you're beautiful. Chris, God has a plan for your life. Chris, God has somebody for you. You just have to wait. You put Jesus first. You love Jesus, and I have a plan for you. God has a plan for you, and he won't get sidetracked if you don't get sidetracked. And so 15 years old, we're praying. My mom's praying. Jesus, I just ask Heavenly Father, wherever Chris's husband is at, whatever he's doing, that you would just begin to impart you into his life, that you would begin to speak to him about his life and what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And lo and behold, a year later, I was 16 years old and I met the love of my life. I met my only boyfriend. John is my only boyfriend because my mom took me aside and said, it's worth waiting. You don't need to mess around with this. Put Jesus first in everything you do and say, and I'm going to Bless you is what Jesus has said to me. And so my mom taught me everything I needed to know. She's amazing. She's 81 years old now, and life is so changing. But, man, I love her. So I charge you to love Jesus with every single bone in your body and to receive his love and affection for you every single day you are on this earth. I challenge you to never second-guess yourself because you are smart and creative. All of you. You're smart and creative. The Lord speaks into our heart and our soul and our decisions, things that we need to do because he created us. And he's made you smart and he's made you creative. I challenge you to be bold but not overwhelming. I bless you to live every day to the fullest because we don't know when our last day will be. So all of you have kind of heard through the last couple years how we've talked about our sweet Brenda. I remember in November, a little over three years ago, um, we were having dinner with Terry and Brenda, and Brenda wasn't feeling well, and she was listing off all these different things that she thought could be wrong with her. And knowing that that month I, in the, or the beginning of December, she would be going to the doctor and beginning the process of what was going on in her life. So January rolled around and she got all the results back. And John and I were out of town. And I remember calling Brenda and I said, hey, what are, what are the results? What, what they say? What's going on? She goes, well, they've diagnosed me with cancer. My heart knew that life would very quickly change for her and my brother. And this is how Brenda handled it. Brenda never thought it was a death sentence. She always said how, she said this to herself and to everybody else. How am I going to beat this? How is God going to use this to change lives? Every doctor's appointment, every person she came in contact, it was about Jesus. I don't know what God's going to do with this. I don't know if Jesus is going to heal me or not. But God's in control, and if you don't know Jesus, you need to find out who Jesus is. People at her funeral were here to hear of the love of Jesus. It was an hour and a half, almost a two-hour funeral, because there were people who were represented here. 
to tell everybody how much Brenda loved Jesus. Every day, her goal was, how can I change people's lives through this cancer? It's not a death sentence to her. I remember the last couple weeks of her life, I had the opportunity to go to their house and kind of be there. And uh, I watched people come in, her friends, which they have multiple have. Terry still has these friends come in and love on her and bless her. And But I also saw these other family members or people come in and the last month of her life, she would tell them, listen, you need to get in church. Listen, you need to get your marriage fixed because it's not right. Listen. And she would go down the line because she knew that life was closing in and that she was going to be with Jesus soon. And she made every single day count. Her very last thing that she told me was, I love you, Chris. <laughs> like, okay, I passed the test. <sighs> I did okay. It was, it was just that whole experience here on earth, we so mourn because we don't understand what heaven is like. Brenda understands today what heaven is like. But her kids and her husband mourn today. Terry texted us this morning and said, listen, this is a tough day. It's our first day, first Mother's Day without Brenda. But I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate what kind of mom she was and how much she loved her kids and all the funny, quirky, and wonderful things she did because we just don't know when our last day will be. So I bless you to live every day to the fullest because we don't know when that last day will be. In her eulogy, I was... I was fortunate enough to speak at it. And I said, I read 2 Timothy, and it says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. And that's our goal. That's our goal. And Brenda achieves that. I'm so proud of her. I knew her since I was nine years old. Can you believe that? This day... And every day, I bless you with Jesus to know him and to be known by him. Last of all, I want you to know, when Jesus thinks of you, he feels admiration and love. When Jesus sees you, he sees beauty, self-control, and strength because he knows you are made in his image. When his heart intersects with your heart, he feels passion and excitement. When you're in the midst of a storm, he is the calm who centers you. He is our refuge in the time of trouble and your help in the time of need. I got a picture as I was kind of preparing for this message, how God, how I see how God is with me in the middle of all these things going on. I saw it. How many have been around a Colorado blizzard? Yeah, the blowing wind. I kind of like him because you get to kind of get stuck at home, and it's just it's a wonderful feeling. So I was looking out my front window, which is a great big window, and you couldn't even see across the street. This is how I'm picturing it. 
just seeing the blizzard and the wind blowing and the things you can't even get out of your house because it's so snowy and the wind's blowing and everything around you is like, oh my goodness. And I saw the picture of that happening outside my window and inside I was safe and I was warm and I had cookies in the oven and I had the fireplace going because this is, Jesus never said, I'm never going to give you any issues or trials or problems. Jesus says, I will protect you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And, and when I saw that picture in my head, I felt to the core of my body that Jesus is in control, and that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what goes on all around me. Yes, life happens. Things happen. But Jesus himself is in control. He's in control of this day and every day. And he has a plan for you today, tomorrow, and forever. And no matter what storm you're in or going to be in, that's what my husband says. If you're not in, if you didn't just get out of one, you're in one. And if you're not in one, you're going into one. God is for you. God is for you. And he protects you. On this day, which is Mother's Day, I am truly the most blessed and fortunate person to have been given the honor to be the mom to my five children, Amy, Brent, Katie, David, and Daniel. And to be the Nana of almost 10 grandchildren, Isabel, she's special. Uh-oh, now I have to say all of them are special. <laughs> Isabel, they're all special. Okay, they're all special. <laughs> Isabel, Evangeline, Lane, Marcus John, Bronwyn. Let me tell you a funny story about Bronwyn. So Amy, Bronwyn started school last year, and Amy was bringing all the kids, and sure enough, here's little Bronwyn. And um, Evie introduces Bronwyn to her teacher and said, this is my sister, Bronwyn. Okay, you spell Bronwyn's name B-R-O-N-W-Y-N. So Evie was saying it, B-R-O-M. She's six years old. She's been calling her Bromwin. So my, my, Amy looks at her and says, what did you call her? Bromwin, Mom, that's her name. No, that's not her name. It's Bronwyn. <laughs> How funny. Um, so we have Bronwyn, Providence, Ezra, Malachi, Milo, and one more coming in October. Daniel and Holly are having their second one, and it's a girl. <laughs> Yay. I got to tell you a funny story about Milo. He's a little over one, and uh, <laughs> he's just the cutest little thing. So for some reason, he won't say Nana. Nana, Nana, Nana. I say to him all the time, say Nana. Katie, tell him to say Nana, Nana. Okay, easy, right? Banana, Nana, easy. Nan, I'll take anything. He won't do it. So I started, because he has the cutest little voice, I started saying to him when he comes over, our little dog's here, and I started saying, hey, Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy. And he goes, Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy. So guess what he calls me? Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy. I'm like, and he starts, now he's, when he sees me, I'm like, no, no, I'm Nana. Ziggy, he's so fun. I love him. What a heritage to have so many grandchildren. Um, I have a video I want to show you, but before I want to do that, I just want to tell you a little, moms of little ones, 
Time goes by so quickly. And before you know it, you're standing talking about your adult children, which, by the way, I never calculated. No one ever told me that you still parent adult children. What's that about? I thought it was like 18, and I'll see you later. Come home for Mother's Day, my birthday. Not so much. A parent is a parent their entire life, forever. So this video is called Slow Down, and it just reminds us how quickly time goes by. So I just want to tell you, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy the video, and don't miss next week, because uh, my husband has a message for you about the blessing. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Here's to you, you were pink or blue And everything I wanted Here's to you, never sleeping through From midnight till the morning Had to crawl before you walked Before you ran, before I knew it You were trying to free your fingers from my hand Cause you could do it on your own now Somehow Slow down Won't you stay here a minute more I know you wanna walk through the door But it's all too fast Let's make it last a little while Someday you'll understand 